Hello, this is Dr. Terry, and this is episode six of Chat with Dr. Terry, the podcast. I'm really excited for who's featured on the episode today. Um, I've entitled this episode Approval Seeking and its Impact on Mental Health, a conversation with J. Rain. Um, so just as an introduction, Joan or Jay or JJ or J. Rain, however you best know him, is pretty much a powerhouse. Is that correct? Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, I did my research, and there's like 10 EPs that he's created or been featured on. His most current album is Before the Storm, now available on all platforms. Um, he's probably considered to be an influencer of the culture, right? Um, with just what he represents and puts out for people to benefit from. He also does something called a 10 Spot Monday, where he updates a playlist of his favorite music every Monday, as well as provides... Um, daily inspirational messages for thousands of people. And that's kind of how I was introduced to him. You know, Jay and I have actually never met, but we have a lot of mutual friends. And my first introduction to him was through these daily messages. I saw someone post about it on Instagram. um, And then I reached out to him because I wanted to get added to the list. And the rest is history. Here we are. So, you know, after connecting, we had a conversation about his possibly being featured on the podcast. And he agreed. So I really appreciate that. For sure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so, Jay, first, thank you for your openness, you know, and your willingness to have this conversation. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing, really, especially as it relates to the positive, the positivity you're spreading, the vibrations you're spreading through sending these daily messages, you know, especially with all that's happening right now in our society. Right. You know, from political to cultural, also most recently with the shooting of, you know, the philanthropist. Nipsey Hussle, the artist, you know, we need more of what you're doing and more of that positivity um, because so much is happening in our world right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, really saddened by the, the loss of Nipsey. He was one of the, uh, the few artists that I really, you know, looked up to just study his moves and how he was working to do more for the community. And I think that, you know, as as an artist, it's important for me to pick up where he where he left off and, you know what I'm saying? Do what I can for the community. So RIP Nipsey Hustle. Absolutely. And we we need more of that, especially having conversations. Um, and for me, that's the purpose of this platform, you know, to discuss things that we don't often talk about, right? Um, and just to be clear, this conversation isn't really gonna be about talking about music or content creation, etc. It's really just to talk about other things, you know, and delve into other other discussions. And so I really appreciate your openness to discussing something different that maybe you haven't discussed as much before, right? So prior to even talking about the logistics of the podcast, you and I, we had a pretty candid conversation just about a lot of different things. And I know you've done different interviews before, other podcasts before. Um, But one thing that came up as we settled on the topic was that you haven't really discussed mental illness just in general, right? Um, or your mental health and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like I think being a clinician, this is the elephant in the room and something that's so relevant, but it's not uncommon that it's really talked about, which is just really unfortunate. And so, you know, I'm sure you know there's a lot of stigma around discussing mental health difficulties, as especially seen within the Black community and within, you know, amongst Black men, right? Right. So as this is your first conversation on mental health, do you think there was ever reluctance or maybe a hesitation 
or even fear of talking about mental health illness and, you know, mental health difficulties before? Uh, definitely just, you know, growing up in a community where, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to be expressive about certain things because you get looked at like, oh, you crazy. You just go, go, go take a nap or something like that. So it's like, it has been just kind of swept under the rug or looked over for so many years and so many generations. And so now, you know, people are speaking out and, you know, people are committing suicide or doing things and and pretty much like lashing out due to, you know, people not listening. So I, I definitely feel like it was, um, some reluctancy, at least for me, to, you know, kind of come out and speak on it. Yeah. So that's why I appreciate your openness, because it's not easy. Um, but the conversation and the discussion has to start somewhere, right? Right. Um, and so as you and I started talking about mental health, we started talking about just the different pressures of feeling the need to please people, you know? And, you know, I think many people can relate to this idea of being a quote-unquote people pleaser, you know, wanting to do for others. And so I just want to see here your perspective and your experience, if you can just share a little bit about that. And, you know, especially through the lens of being a creative as you are. What right. is what is what has been your experience of being a people pleaser? Well, for me, being a people pleaser and how it relates to being a creative, you know, you always want to, like, like we said last night, it's about creating that desire and making stuff that people want, whether that be music merch, um, just a lifestyle, you're doing something in hopes that people desire what you're putting out there. So it kind of has to um, reach different walks of life and you got to make sure that everybody is satisfied. And if not, you have to go back to the drawing board because ultimately their satisfaction drives your success. And if they're not satisfied, you're not successful. So now you're dealing with, you know, a slippery slope because oh they not really rocking with it Nigga, you're not making no money so it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of a it's, it's tough right. but uh for me just uh kind of figuring out that happy medium has helped me a little bit but i still struggle with it just being able to figure out like okay everybody's not gonna be happy everybody's not gonna be satisfied with your product you got to be happy with yourself first right so. right And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, we often seek approval from other people, you know, to get that respect from others, really an effort to validate ourselves, right? And to validate our our own worth. But in most cases, it does the opposite. You know, like when you're seeking to get the approval of other people, you know, one thing that you and I talked about is that it's so subjective. There's so many different opinions. You know, what one person is looking for or expecting of you might not be the same as someone else's. And so what happens when you're quote unquote good isn't good enough for everyone, you know, that might leave you in a tough in a tough position. You know, and in many cases, people are often left feeling depleted when they're trying to please other people. Um, so I can imagine how taxing it could be to seek to please so many different types of people that you're reaching right now. Yeah, it gets hard sometimes, you know. It's millions and millions of people on this planet and just trying to reach out and touch everybody, it, it, it gets stressful and, you know, you're under a lot of scrutiny and just dealing with everybody trying to place their opinions on you, how you should come out or how your music should sound. It, it can be a lot. So Right. It's a lot of pressure. Um, I often like to normalize things as I discuss these different topics and I feel like Sometimes we talk about issues 
but don't realize that it's very common and that sometimes these issues are perpetuated by the feeling that it gives us, you know, like people pleasing and getting approval from people and validation feels good. You know, that's why we thrive off of it. So even though, you know, we might have the tendency to please others, in my experience, I've found that sometimes I end up getting the short end of the stick. You know, when I'm so focused on doing for others more often than, you know, doing for myself, I'm not fulfilled in the end. So what do you think has been like your experience with like the people pleasing thing and really wanting to, you know, appease others and not think about your needs as well? Well, for me, um, I'm super non-confrontational. I'm like the last person to want to, you know, deal with the situation, arguments. I really hate that type of stuff. So for me, like, it's been so many times where I will just kind of let somebody get their way or I will just kind of step back, per se, and just let somebody just get what they want because I feel like, uh, you know, that'll that'll save me a headache or that'll save me the, the drama of having to deal with that. But, you know, ultimately it is frustrating because... You know, sometimes you're you're pretty much giving up your own happiness to make somebody else happy. But right. I'm the type of person that kind of gets joy out of making other people happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a double edged sword, but it's something that I'm working on because I feel like in this new and I was telling somebody this uh, earlier today in this new journey that I'm going on, I'm, I'm focusing more on just satisfying myself first before I go on, on a on a tangent and, you know, Hey, you know, I want to make sure you good. You know, I'm, I'm, I naturally am a a serving type of person, but Mm -hmm. you know, I got to think about me first. Right. And it's hard to be there for other people when you're not there for yourself or when you're not getting your needs met, you know, eventually Mm -hmm. your cup will be empty when you're giving, giving, giving and not getting, you know, much back in return and things like that, like naturally impact our mental health without even realizing it. You know, even if you're, you know, a person who's a giver or a person who, you know, loves to do for other people, that's very selfless. But then I find that sometimes we get caught up, caught up in that and then fail to realize that, you know, we're not getting our needs met along the way. Um, you know, so when you think about mental health, there's so many different factors just like that um, and other things that impact our mental wellness, either in one direction or the other. And it could be from expectations of society, expectations of your friends, expectations of the people that you're around, you know, some stress or the distress that you experience. It could be familial in your genetics, having a predisposition. And so there's different things that impact our mental health. And what do you think has been your experience with your mental health? And what have you found to be helpful in really supporting that? All right, for me, I think... My release comes in the form of sending out the raindrops, being able to connect with thousands of people um, on a daily. And honestly, I didn't even know it was thousands of people until I just sat down and calculated just through me and my thousands of followers that I have on Instagram and Twitter and people sending it out. I I send it manually to about 100 people daily. I started to realize that it was more people that were really getting inspiration from the things that I was saying through my research of inspirational quotes and stuff like that. And so uh, just knowing that there's somebody else in the world that feels the same way I do, it makes me feel a lot better about my situation and being able to just, you know, stand up and speak about mental health and people pleasing and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because we don't often talk about these things, it's very comforting when you can see someone else 
who's maybe experiencing something that you're experiencing and it can like decrease the stigma around talking about it, you know? And so I definitely appreciate that. Um, and I can imagine you've been creating for a while. How long has it been now? Um, it's been about hmm, 12 years. I'm 28 years old now. So yeah, about 12 years. So 12 years. So over a decade you've been creating, um, and in order for you to have maintained your sanity and just to continue to do what you're doing, you would have had to like learn, or you might be continuing to learn along the way, how to manage this need and this tendency to please people like we've talked about. Right. Um, and I think that takes work. You know, I was at a business function this weekend and one of the speakers was talking about, you know, self-esteem and really how self-esteem is your biggest asset. If you think of assets, like things that you really value, self-esteem is probably our biggest ones, um, our biggest one as humans. And that just means that when you lack self-esteem, it could potentially hinder your progress in any area of your life and really harm you as a person, especially as it relates to how you interact with people. You know, I think it's so important to set boundaries, to know your worth, um, to be able to assert yourself to others and, you know, not get sucked into this idea of having to please everyone. Um, and it's tough because I think self-esteem is something that's difficult to gauge. You know, like some people might seem very self-assured or they might seem confident, but in a lot of cases, it's a facade, right? Um, and I think, you know, self-awareness and a healthy level of self-esteem is so much more than what we see, what you see on the surface. Um, it's really recognizing your self-worth, having self-respect, tolerating your flaws, right? You know, acknowledging the fact that, you know, your flaws don't define you and being able to be confident in yourself, right? Despite the flaws that you have. So how would you, you know, describe your sense of self-awareness and your level of self-esteem? And maybe if that's changed over time, how has that changed over the years for you? I like to consider myself a student of the game. And I don't really just study hip-hop artists. I study, like, just creatives in general. And I think Beyonce may have said it best when she said, um, she has, like, her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. I feel like for me... I, um, and I keep saying for me, but I have an ability to cut it on and cut it off. Mm-hmm. When I'm on stage, when I'm in business mode, when I'm securing a deal or something like that, I'm able to, you know, turn that switch on. Like, okay, I'm Jada Rain, like nothing. I'm unstoppable. There's nothing that anybody can do to stop me from being the best. I'm the best rapper, all that. But when I cut the switch off and it's just me by myself or I'm in the mall trying on some clothes. I'm like, damn, I need to like cut back on like what I'm eating. Like I don't fit this right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's those type of situations where, you know, it, 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 it makes me feel uneasy about myself. I think that I'm very confident, but at times it can be a bit much. Yeah. And it's hard because we're our worst critics in, in a lot of cases. And when we um, have reaction to ourselves, we we think those things and we say those things to ourselves and our brain listens to that. You know, and that, I'm a major thinker. I'm a big thinker. I, yeah. I can think myself out of something. Mm-hmm. Or into something, right? Or into something. Like, it, it works both ways. Right. So I think with self-esteem, it's like, it's very, I really believe in the power of the spoken word. And I've spoken about this on podcast episodes before, but like being very mindful of like what you speak to yourself, what you say to yourself when nobody's around, the things that you're thinking, um, and, and, and being mindful to like speak life into yourself. I think that really impacts self-esteem. Are there any affirmations that you speak to yourself 
Or are there any things that you say to yourself when you start your day um, that kind of help you? You popping. You lit. <laughs> um, dang, you good. Like, I might be in the mirror, you know, a, a, a new outfit. Like, dang, that's fresh. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to just keep myself in good spirits because... I can, it, it can go, it can go left really quick. Yeah. And then I can be in a whole mood and people who've been around me, they know, they'll tell you I'm very moody. And so if I'm, I'm up or I'm down and I try to remain up for the sake of, you know, people around me, I got a lot of people counting on me, but if, if I'm down, it, it, it gets rough and I don't want to be bothered. And, you know, I'm just thinking the worst of everything. And that's something that I'm really working on. That's something that that I can go on record and say is a flaw of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm down, I'm down. And I, I don't really like that. But, yeah. you know, that's that's life. Well, And I like to think, I don't love the word flaws because I think that we all have areas of for growth. And so I think that maybe it's helpful to know that you're aware, right? And it just be an area of growth for you and something that you will continue to work on. And I think that's why these conversations are so important because you might look at a person and think that, you know, that person has it all together or they're so confident or, you know, they're so self-assured or they don't have insecurities. And in a lot of cases, that's not the case, right? Um, So, you know, this is somewhat of a bonus question that I want to start adding into these discussions when I have people featured. And I'm going to ask you, right, in conclusion. So I'm the first? You are the first. So what do you think is one thing you'd want people to know about you and of you that they might not necessarily think or realize? One thing that I want people to know about me is that I truly love what I do and I will do anything and stop at anything um, to make sure that happens. Anything within reason. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just say I do anything, but I I've I don't know if you've done a lot of research on me, but like when I first started, like with the music, I one of my first my first interviews ever was in New York City. So like you going to Oakwood, me me going to A and M. Um, I actually skipped class one day. Me and my friends hopped in the car, one of my homeboys' girlfriend's car at the time, and we drove to New York and drove back the next day to be at you know in time for class. Wow. So that's when I kind of realized, like, all right, there's a level of hunger here. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you touch it one time, you know that it's attainable and you want to go back and try it again. And that's what's kind of, you know, 12 years later, here I am. I've met my idols and done a lot of crazy things, but I feel like I I still haven't hit that threshold yet. So that's what kind of keeps me going. But one thing that I really want people to know is I love what I do. There's not a minute that that goes by that I don't think about pushing the culture forward and creating opportunities for other people. I want to see everybody win, not just me, because there's mm-hmm. enough money. Money get printed every day. So I want to see everybody win around me. And I, I'm not a, a selfish person. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm glad that you share that because I think passion is so important. I want to be able to connect with people and have people featured on the podcast that have the passion that you have. So I really appreciate, you know, your openness, your candidness, your ability to be vulnerable and talk about something that maybe you haven't spoken about before. And hopefully we can do this more. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much.